latest from Scotston. This is Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors' official podcast. Hello and welcome back to Warriors Weekly. This week, Scotston is very quiet as all the players are still away on holiday. Ashy is still away sunning himself, so it's just myself here today. And today, I'm joined by assistant strength and conditioning coach, Liam Walsh. Liam, how are you? Hello, Duncan. That is a very professional introduction. I'm trying, I'm trying. Getting there. Good. How are you doing? Very well. Yeah, a little bit fatigued. We've been in uh, during the, the couple of weeks where it's it's a low low period for the players, but there's a lot of uh, long-term injured boys in, so I've been sort of holding the fort here and catching up with them, so... Yeah, just coming to the end of that now and looking forward to having the boys back in. Good, and so you kind of mentioned it there, you, you handle long-term injured guys. That so is my primary responsibility, yes. So kind of what, what's involved in that role then? So how, how, oh yeah, so let's start with how did you get into that role? Um, so I was a rugby player myself. I played underage, sort of academy rugby with Leinster and, and club back home in Ireland. And I played up until I was about 19, 20, and then the body sort of gave in. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I finished playing when I was about 20 and I was doing a degree in sports science in, in UCD and I actually met George Petrakos who was the old head of SNC here Yeah. and so I met him and interned him under him um, back in Ireland and then that sort of led me into the strength conditioning world and having the experience in rugby I knew it was sort of where I wanted to go um, and then I did an internship here a few years ago and um, went was very under well. George again? Went, no, it was under Stuart Yule and George. Right. So that was a good few years ago. And then um, follow on from that, went down to Worcester. Had a couple of years down in Worcester where with Worcester Warriors and I worked with their academy there. And then come back up. So been here since last season and back into it. But it's sort of just a, a path from being a, an average rugby player who wanted to be involved in professional setups and enjoyed lifting and, and the athletic side of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's led me into helping train the boys and just be around the environment. You worked with George and you worked under George, you said, both across in Ireland and then through here at Glasgow Warriors? Yep, yeah, I did. So was he, would he, kind of, I guess, be your mentor, so to speak? Oh, I don't want to give him that pleasure. Yes, I suppose technically he is. He's, a, he's an exceptional strength and conditioning coach and a really good guy, George. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has taught me a lot. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, I suppose he would have been my one of the guys who helped bring me into strength and conditioning and I think took me away from... A little more of the meathead vibe of strength conditioning, right. and, and brought it more around to um, you know how how do you make athletes good athletes, and how how do you help them find their own motivation? So he, he's exceptionally good with that, and I think if you talk to any of the boys who's who's uh, who have worked with him, like that's what they say. That's a uh, that George was really really good at, and is really really good at with the national team and with the academies now. So was he responsible for bringing you over for your internship? <laughs> Yeah, so George, George essentially, it was a funny story. So when I finished my undergraduate degree, I had a contract with a rugby team in China, a oh. university in China. So I was going to be working with a, a university in China coaching rugby and coaching strength and conditioning because I had coached women's rugby for a couple of years back home and I'd coached a little bit with the men and, and I'd played rugby you know, all of my life up to that point. So I was going to be working out there and so I was sitting at home and I was learning Chinese. I had my contract signed, but it really got prolonged. So I was going to go in June or July and I ended up not getting out there even by December. So by November, December, I was saying, oh, you know, this is, this is a big change, actually. I've yeah. had a bit of time to think about this now. Mm-hmm. So I got in contact with George and I said, look, George, you know, what, what do you think I should be doing in the meantime? And he sort of said to me, well, 
we're potentially looking for an internship here. I don't know how feasible it would be, you know, just between the end of the season. But look, just let us know if you'd be interested. And I said, actually, you know, that'd be amazing. I'd always, you know, during my undergraduate degree, I'd said, oh, I'd love to do an internship with a professional team, mm-hmm. a professional rugby, really where I want to be. So I sort of jumped at the opportunity. I said, yeah, absolutely. So I got a, got onto the Skype uh, and I had a conversation with George and the head of SNC at the time, who was Stuart Yule, who's another fantastic SNC coach and a really influential character for me. But um, just talked to them and they seemed excited about it. I was excited about it. So I came over that January. I think it was, uh, yeah, first time really leaving Ireland. I hopped in my old Toyota Corolla, <laughs> sort of picked up and was living out in a really cheap little flat and... Um, yeah, but I think everybody does it, and it's, yeah. it was re- it was really good fun. I think those first couple of months when you're working in professional sport, I'm sure you've had it. You just buzz to be oh, there. Exactly. Yeah. You just buzz to come in in the morning, like you get to work with pro athletes, and every every day you're coming in, going, oh, "What are we do today? We're just training, just yeah. getting to hang out and train." So it's very very cool. And then the reality and responsibilities sort of start sitting in when you get more and more and more. But it, you still have to sit there and look there and go, actually, you know, we're looking out onto the pitch now. And sometimes I come in in the morning and you go, this is a pretty cool job. Like, I get to come in and help the boys and just be a part of the team, you yeah. know. Another thing as well is I'm sure, like, I find it, I'm sure you'll get the same thing as well. You have your friends. When you go and meet up with them, they're always asking you about your job and what's going on and kind of how it's all working. Yeah. It does make it. And that, that's kind of the time you sit there and reflect and go, actually, you know what? This is a really cool job. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. You get like it's a it's a hard job like but every job can be a hard job yeah. you know you come into work and there's a lot of long periods where you're going very very hard at it and sometimes there's loads of work on and sometimes it's not so hectic and you know actually I've got to catch up on all the stuff that's going to make my life a little easier when it gets hectic again so but then you got to go right <laughs> I get to travel to a away game and you're sitting on the bus so you're doing a bit of work and or, or uh, I think I had one of those moments when we were over in La Rochelle and um you come out and the, the atmosphere there was incredible. Oh, so, good. so I was standing on the side of the pitch and I was warming boys up. And there were chants and the place just felt like the Coliseum. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is why you do the job. You know, you get to be part of something like this yeah. and uh, it's it's incredible. And you get a share in the excitement as well. Like the victory at the end there, I'm sure you, you know, you as well as me was just on our feet. Just, it yeah. was incredible. Just yeah. to get that win right at the end, grind it out. And, you know, you played a part in that. Yeah, 100%. And I, well, I just about made that. <laughs> I had to run in and make the protein shakes just <laughs> after that. <laughs> right, okay. So then, obviously, you kept, that's how you got into this role. Yep. So what does this role involve? As uh, Is it return to play or long-term injured? Or is it a bit of both? Or how Yeah, so so return to play is from when the boys essentially get a, a, an injury that's going to keep them out for a significant period of time. They'll come with me and they'll come out of the main squad development program because they can use that time essentially to add a bit more load in other areas and improve them generally while they're not got the stress of playing rugby. And for that period, we'll work on general facets of their play. We'll have a conversation with the players and the coaches and say, right, you know, what have you been trying to work on? What do you think is lacking in your game? And we go, right, within the, the confines of your injury, how can we improve that while, while you're not able to play rugby? So I think the philosophy has always got to be not what can't you do with the injury, what can you do, what can we work on? So... Um, short-term boys, we'll, uh, I'll work with the medical team and we'll, we'll try and modify them uh, as well as the other strength conditioning coaches, but they'll sort of run along t- uh, alongside the main program, but uh, guys who are going to be out for a longer period of time, they'll come along with me and, and one of the physios and we'll work with them. 
over a longer period of time. So then what, what kind of is that barrier then? So at what point do they go from just kind of being training alongside the team to being full-time? Uh, Usually if we injured? project that they're going to be longer than four weeks, four three weeks, or four okay. weeks, we're going to say, right, they'll get a separate development program. They'll need a reintegration as opposed to just modifying their training. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, we'll say, right, they're going to be an LTI and they'll come with us. And then you, you mentioned there, so you talked about how uh, there's the kind of strength and conditioning side, but there's also kind of that rehab side. So yep. do you handle a bit of both of that? or uh, No, so it, we have physios that work with them. And so the physios will take on a caseload of guys who are long-term injured. And what they'll do is, the, the tricky bit of the role essentially for me is where well, well, we get the handover. So physios will essentially be completely in charge of their injured site early days. They'll work the immediate rehab. They'll make sure that that injury is coming along and the tissue healing's happening. All that good, fun stuff that is beyond my scope. Mm-hmm. And then... At the middle point, my, my role I see it as coming in as how do we reload this player safely into training. So once, mm-hmm. once they've got their fundamental capacities back up, how do we say, right, we need to take it from somebody who's been rehabbing an injury into somebody who's potentially fit to start or the, the injury is fit to start reloading from here. Let's, right. let's How do we work from stage zero into full match play? And that's that's where I come in. Right, okay. And then so the other side of it, the strengthening side of kind of, I guess, there are other points that they, you said there, you mentioned uh, they're looking to work on maybe other goals. So maybe they're saying they want to get stronger upper body and stuff like that. Maybe they've got a lower limb injury. Yeah, and man, that, that that'll be the obvious one. Well. But even stuff like um, if somebody's out for eight or ten weeks and, you know, they've got they've got um, a hand injury, you know, mm-hmm. like what one of our players has at the moment. It's well, When we're doing something around that, we're working around that, what, what's the facet of your game that need working? So if I go and chat to a, a coach and say, you know, what is X player re- really needing improvement on at the moment? And they might say, oh, footwork into collision or... And work work into contact. We say, all right. Well, how can we build that in at a low level that's not going to be dangerous to the player's injury? How can we get that involved? And so a lot of that looks like me trying to pull into some skills into their gym session during the the rest, and working with the players and ask them like, right, if we do a skill session today, if we can get a coach in, that's great. But potentially, if we can't get a coach in, like can you guys run the skill session with me, or can I help facilitate a skill session where we're still working on your you know, abilities as a rugby player. You know, g- gym and, and strength conditioning is a, an important facet of the modern game, but the number one thing is can you play rugby? So we've we got to hold on to those as well. And it must be really good, I guess, for the guys as well who are long-term injured to have these additional goals and kind of work-ons that they're kind of working on. So both alongside maybe their injury, they're sitting and they've set other goals that they can achieve during this time, not just coming back to play. 100%, 100%. And look, that comes from players. We've got a really good group of players here. Like, um, they're very self-driven. So... When we talk to boys, uh, any of the guys who've gone through an injury with me, usually the initial stage will sit down and say, you know, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do, what do you want to work on? Um, and it's making sure that their their strength work reflects what they want to work on. And may, that might be general. That might be lower body strength is important to you as a player. However, we know that for a, for a tight head, that's scrummaging. So in your program, where do you see that? Right, today I'm working on scrummaging. And... If you're out for eight or twelve weeks, it might feel like, it does feel like a seriously long time because yeah. I've gone through those sort of injuries. And you chat to the boys, um, if you can see where you're working on those things that are related to rugby, mm-hmm. it makes it much much easier. Yeah, and so we had Lee Jones on the podcast at the start of the year, who's obviously part right now part of the uh, return to play kind of long term injured group, and he described you as the most positive man in the world. Um, well, I can happily say he's no longer part of the injured group, not because I don't like working with Lee. Lee's an outstanding professional and all around, like, he's a fantastic bloke to work uh-huh. with. Um, but, yeah, I like I like to think of myself as quite positive. Um, I have my days where I'm not, yeah. but uh, most of the time I'm pretty chirpy. 
um, sometimes to my own detriment, but you know, you got to be who you are. I think, you, I guess, for, especially for that kind of role where you have guys that are sitting there wanting to do their jobs, but they can't, and they're kind of having these barriers, you need to be a really positive, kind of cheery person and kind of lifting them up. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, sometimes it's a dark day at Scotson at December, and, you know, you're coming in and it's seven or half seven, and you've got a group of four boys, and you got to get the energy up to do something. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like, like, you might not feel like it, but somebody's got to try and push it, and... It can be annoying. It can be annoying. Like it can be a bit nauseating. But um, uh, when when the energy comes up, it's it's definitely worth it. Like um, I think, yeah. Like it's definitely one of those positions as a player. You just can't keep doing the same thing over and over, and yeah. and dealing with like training while you're injured and outside mm-hmm. of rugby. If the attitude is always low or always dragging a wee bit, so I try my best. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard to do. And how how do you motivate the guys then? They don't need that much motivating. Right. But like, I think the conception of an S&C coach is somebody with a whistle who's, who's shouting. And well, I, I had S&C coaches like that. And sometimes you're that S&C coach. But players do this because they love doing it. Sometimes yeah. it's just relating what they're doing at the moment that might be a little bit arduous to what they love doing. So, like, sometimes it's really hard to get up and squat. But like I said, if you can see in your squat... That or you see in your program when it says squat, if there's a little icon there, and that's your, you know, that's your scrummaging work for today. We're not yeah. into full scrummaging, but this is step one of five to get you to your scrum work and mm-hmm. get you back to being the best scrummager you can. Then it becomes a little more interesting for you. So a lot of the time, I think it's just how can I relate the stuff that's you know tedious or hard, really difficult work. Yeah. Like a lot of difficult work goes on that's sometimes not easy to see where the relation is to me being a better rugby player how do you relate that to your rugby you know how do you how do you relate the things that boys don't want to do to the things they like doing and how it's going to make an improvement and that's how you motivate guys but like i said the motivation is there it's just relating it to their drives so so then in a day how much time are you actually spending with the guys because right, i see you sometimes i look out the window and i see you running with guys running up and down i'll then see you in the gym with the guys i'll then see them on the watt bikes it is is it I guess is it nine? Well, I guess it's not nine to five for you guys. It's seven till three or whatever. But for you personally, as the return to play S and C guy, how long are you actually spending contact time with the players on a day to day basis? So contact time with the players is usually sort of yeah, like you say, seven till two, seven till three. It's dependent. So like like it depends on our our scheduling for the main mm-hmm. squad, and all of our schedule has sort of got to run alongside that because there's players integrating into some training, there's players integrating into some gym work, um. So it'll usually be that sort of seven till three when I'm with the players or seven till two when I'm with the players. And then post that, it'll be working on the programs, catching up with the physios, making sure that people are hitting their markers that are saying, right, we're comfortable for them to start pumping on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, morning till mid-afternoon with players. Um, yeah, and if I was a shouty, shouty motivational coach, I'd lose my voice pretty yeah. quickly. But <laughs> <clears throat> And then so you mentioned they're kind of working in with the physios. So kind of looking across the spectrum of the, the rugby uh I guess, group, you've got coaches, you've got your physios, you've got return to play, you've got analysts. Who all do you kind of feed into with your kind of role as S&C? Um, are, basically, are, are you having contact with Dave? Do you talk to Dave about how the players yep. are developing? Yeah. Or is it or does it go through somebody else? Or? No, no, no. Like, uh, I'll have conversations with Dave or some of the other coaches and say, like, they might see me, like you say, you see, see outside running and they just ask, how's it getting on? Mm-hmm. Like, we'll usually do a, a, a weekly report into Dave and, 
But the the running of that looks like we have a lot of little conversations throughout the day. Yeah. As a as a medical department and as a strength conditioning department, we'll always talk in the morning. We'll always usually talk, have individual conversations throughout the day and in the afternoon. Um, and then once or twice a week, myself and the physio who's managing a player will sit down. We'll talk about where they are in terms of the plan. Can we be more aggressive? Do we need to pull back or working on something else? Um, and then all of those conversations will be summed up and they'll go to Dave. But like we'll have direct conversations with Dave and other coaches as well. Like They're very easy to talk to. You, you, you talked right at the start there about how these last few weeks you've kind of been about. So what have you been doing these last few weeks while the players have been away? Have you had some of the guys in and doing little bits and bobbers with them? Have nah, you just abso- been kind of absolutely nothing, but I can't let you know that. Right. No, uh, uh, mainly just trying to get the boys in and out. Um, it's a really tough situation for long-term injured guys because yeah. these breaks in the season are massively important for players. Like to get your head out of rugby a little bit yeah. is seriously important, and in the players and staff as well. But the guys who are running on tight schedules as long-term injured guys, a lot of the times during these breaks, they've got to come back in and they've got to do at least a little bit of work to keep them ticking over. Yeah. So that when boys come back into training, they haven't lost a week or two weeks, which is a potentially two games longer than they're they're meant to be out for. Right, of course. So so during that period, we'll try and find the balance between where is it possible to for you as a player to get away for a week and where is it important for you to get in and what's the most important work and what's the biggest bang for your buck. So that's essentially what we've been doing where me and the physio team have sat down and said, you know, when when can guys get away? When do guys need to be in? What are the things that guys really need to improve on and hit over this period so that when they're coming back, we're hitting the, the road with the rubber or the rubber with the road. Yeah. And can you give any examples of any guys you've been kind of working with at all? What you've been training them? Anything like that? Eh... The the usual sort of layout of the day has been come in, work with the physios, I'll run the guys bright and early, and actually we've been very lucky that the, the rain and the wind has sort of held off until the afternoons when the runs have been done. Um, so I've just been mainly prescribing and helping run boys who are uh, injured and trying to reload in that, and then any of the other guys who are hanging about and wanting to do an extra bit of fitness who aren't injured, they can jump in the session, and I, I'm helping just um, figure out sessions for them when they come in. Um, they'll gym then after that, and then they'll usually do a little bit of off-feet conditioning so stuff on the assault bike or what bike so there's a few guys who've just been for surgery and are coming back there's a couple of guys who are maybe midway into their return to play or that long-term injured period where um they're a little static in a couple of areas but they've got to push on so we might figure out right how can we get them in to push on in those areas and the other areas where they can sort of take a a middling period Mm -hmm. they can get away from you know right and then I guess during that time, and I guess overall, you must get really close to these players. You know, I think you you probably have the most kind of one-on-one interaction with the guys, apart from maybe the physios. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, l- like we talked about there, there's guys like um, Lee who I spent a lot of time with, and um, you get to know the guys quite well. Like we've got fifty really exceptionally good blokes in this team, like yeah. fifty, fifty-two exceptionally good people, and I think that's part of what makes you know Glasgow Warriors so cool to be a part of. Uh, I'll talk to friends who are in similar similar jobs in other places, and you know a lot of the times you're dealing with people who are very high achievers and and very direct, and sometimes the knock on effect of that can be you know to, to overlook certain people or certain things. But I honestly say there's a full squad of guys who are exceptionally good blokes, um, so it's really easy to just get to know them and you know build a relationship up during that period. Um, but yeah, it's it's another fun facet of the role that during that time there might be a group between three and eight or ten players where 
every gym session it's a tight little thing and everybody's chatting to each other and we've got little dice rolls and stuff if you leave equipment out so you get to have a good laugh and that's important because while you can get segregated from the main squad and that bunch of players around there um you also if you have something tight-knit going on it can be a little bit of a substitute as well as opposed to just being isolated and feel like oh i'm really missing out on the main squad banter and, and you have you, you've brought in some interesting things and I think you, you do keep it fun for the players. You mentioned there the dice rolls. Mm-hmm. I've been sitting up here with you guys as people have had to bring in treats for doing things wrong and stuff like that. Can you talk us through what you've kind of introduced and how that works? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. Just dice roll punishment. So if boys are late to sessions or uh, if they're leaving leaving equipment out in the gym, I think the, the other side effect of being outside of a main squad you know, sort of environment is that it's very easy to let standards slip. Yep. So if there's just six players and you're saying, right, well, you know, I've just I've just got three things to do today. I've got to run, I've got to gym, and I've got to condition. And you know what, I'm here till three o'clock, so it doesn't really matter. We'll put out a schedule and like everything is really tightly knit together because if I've got to be in three or four different places and the physio's got to be somewhere else as well, you need to be on time and it's important that everybody's at the right place, myself included and physios included. Club culture. In the, yeah, exactly. Are, are in the right place at the right time and that's just part of being a good professional, whether you're a player or whether you're you know, one of the behind-the-scenes staff. So it's important for us not to let that slip and I think partly that's where the dice rolls are born of is maybe boys were getting a little bit... Um, uh, a little bit... Complacent? Complacent, yeah. Thank you. That's the word. Some boys are getting a little bit complacent, and I think that just makes it a little bit fun. So guys can call each other out and say, "Oh, was that you in the landmine? Yeah. Was, was that?" And so they'll send a picture into the group, and you know, you get the little dice roll emoji, and it just means that on a Thursday or Friday, boys have got something to look forward to. We're trying to do the same with like at least one of the conditioning sessions a week. If you think about this, like somebody's got an injury that's going to keep them out for ten weeks, they might have three or four watt bike sessions or off feet conditioning sessions a a week where we're trying to keep up their general aerobic fitness during that time where they can't run. And that can get really tedious. Like yeah. even somebody who likes exercising, that can get seriously tedious. So on a Thursday, we'll usually try and play a little game-esque type of thing where you've got to try and get a ball in a bucket and that'll that'll um, inform what, what sort of conditioning you do or it'll tell you what... Uh, type of circuits you type of do so even stuff like that or you gotta knock a dumbbell over something silly but it just gets the culture up and gets the energy up and boys buy into it a little more you get a little more effort and it keeps it fresh so on game days your role is slightly different both at home and away you do work the games so what's involved in a game day for you as a strength and conditioning coach wake up nice and late and go to the pool and no (laughs) 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 No, it's, it's usually if we're away get up Set up a primer for boys, so boy, boys, if they want to get a little bit of stretching, rolling, and some faster movement just to get things moving in the morning, and um, we'll set that up in the hotel gym. And sometimes we've just got to improvise because some of the hotels, the, the gyms are really poor, and some of them are fantastic. So yeah. it's usually having an awkward conversation with a sort of bodybuilder bloke on a gym. Can I, can I just set these bands up here and the bench press, please? And I swear I'll let people use it in about 20 minutes, and they go, yeah, you fine, whatever you want. Um, and then w- once the boys had the primer, they'll have pre-match meal and me and one of the other snc coaches and the analysts and and usually shizzle our kit man will will go down in the van to the to the stadium and we'll try <laughs> so shizzle has a a little easy that we call easy. it here so easy so um he'll usually ask the bloke on the bloke or lady on on the gate going into the stadium you go excuse me um is this a 
the Stade Marseille and I go well, yeah of course this, this the Stade Marseille it's right here and I go easy and drive on through so it's usually a little giggle you're looking forward to that um, uh, we'll set up the changing rooms we'll make sure that waters are done that nutrition tables are out so boys have got snacks and they've got all their supplements available um, you have that massive industrial mixer yep like that's it's a soup blender it would give you an inferiority complex it, it would be it must be about half my height it's yep. huge yeah 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 and so we just make a, a big recovery shake with that yeah um so we'll bring along a big big ipro bucket and um we'll we'll mix up our recovery shake and that mm-hmm. but we'll just get a table together with nutrition and stuff we'll make sure that the change rooms are set up we'll make sure that the pitch is set up and yeah we'll help run the timings on the warm-up get waters to the boys during the warm-up and just warm the boys up during the game um so game days are actually pretty easy they're an easy facet of the job but mm-hmm. enjoyable um, when you say warming the guys up during the game that's you taking them behind the uh behind the posts and getting them to do their sprints, doing their up and downs and stuff like that. Yeah, and like I said before, the lads are excellent. They're really good professionals. A lot of them have been doing this a long time. So, you know, I, I could stand there and say, right, lads, we're going to do X of this and Y of this and, and then, you know, 20 of these. And and it works. It can work. However, if you allow the boys a little autonomy. So, lads, what's really important for this one, we need to get up to match tempo. So take two minutes to stretch off and then I want to see some hard accelerations. I want to see one or two top speed efforts. I need to see some grappling and I need to see you guys get up to a sweat so that if you get called on by DR, like you're ready to go, you're at match pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys just need information. They don't need a dictator. So uh, a lot of the times that's what I'll do. And then finally, after the game, for the 24th men, you sometimes are the punisher, aren't you? Making them do their sprints. Yeah, but I'll get in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. So th- there's a lot of times where... If there's, if there's boys who travel to the game just in case somebody gets hurt, we'll make sure they get a little bit of running in earlier on um, just before the warm-up, and they'll get some speed efforts post. And that's predominantly because we've got a big, big squad of 52 guys. Depending on what your involvement in the team looks like, you know, your Friday might be a little lighter if you're a traveling reserve, but you're not going to play. Now, we still want to make sure you're fit for 80 minutes of rugby. You know, we pride ourselves on a really fast brand of rugby, and... If guys can't keep up with that because, you know, consistently you might be traveling, so you're losing out on a conditioning session that yeah. other non-selected players might be having or guys you were going to club and playing might be having, then we want to make sure you're not falling behind. So you'll get a little bit of a blast before the warm-up. You'll get a little bit of top-up after the warm-up, and guys who maybe don't come on during the match will do a little bit of running. But I will try and have sympathy with the boys, and especially for the guys who don't get on during the match. Yeah, That's a really tough scenario to be in. I'll try and get in the mix with the running with them. Uh, but yeah. If you want to call it the Punisher, then fine. <laughs> I can be the Punisher. <laughs> right, Liam, thank you very much for joining us on Warriors Weekly. Thank you very much. Pleasure being here. Cheers. Cheers. Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors official podcast. And that's all from Warriors Weekly this week. The squad are back in training at Scotston on Thursday, looking ahead to our game against Zebrae on Friday the 14th of February. Get behind the Warriors as they look to extend their unbeaten run in 2020 and secure your tickets now from GlasgowWarriors.org. Warriors Weekly, Glasgow Warriors official podcast.